Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality. I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. Okay, so before I introduce the guest, I want to ask you guys a quick favor. I promise it will only take a minute. If you can please go to iTunes, give me a five-star rating, a short, short review, glowing, of course, would be preferable. I would really appreciate it. Today on the podcast, the daughter of legendary radio icon Casey Kasem and a great broadcaster in her own right, Carrie Kasem. Carrie is one of Casey's three children, and if you keep up on the news at all, you probably have heard some very crazy stories in the last five years about the insane battle between Casey's kids and his wife, Jean. I'm really not going to say anything more other than if your jaw is not on the floor by the time this podcast is open, I will be very surprised. Carrie, I'm very, very happy to meet you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming to my house. So funny how we met. I know. So I called you. (laughs) Well, I emailed you. Okay. So we were sitting around in a development meeting and I don't know how we got on this topic, but I thought like, what what happened with that whole Casey Kasem drama? You know? And so I started Googling and I thought like that would make a really good docuseries. And I found you and I reached out to you and I think you just called me. Yeah. You're like, it's Carrie Kasem. I was like, oh my God, hi. (laughs) So it turns out that you had already kind of had something else in development, but um, we just started talking and I thought like, wow, she'd be a really great guest. You're doing other reality stuff and you're a great talker. Obviously I thought she'd be a really great guest for the podcast. And here you are. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. in your beautiful home Thank that you. I want that I'm just so jealous of. <laughs> well, you're giving me good ideas already. So I'm excited. Worth the price of admission. Yeah. Right. <laughs> cool. So yeah. And you're local here. You're LA. Well, you grew up in LA. You're LA girl. I, I mean, did. so just to set the stage for those who don't know the case of name who are guests like what under 30 like everybody over 30 knows knows Casey Kasem yeah they do um a lot of people who are younger don't realize uh they do know my dad through his 350 cartoons and the fact that he was shaggy it's on Scooby-Doo I know people go wait what what Your dad was shaggy. I mean, that's bigger than the American top 40, his humanitarian causes and everything else he's done. It's the fact that he was shaggy on Scooby-Doo. And wasn't there, I was reading on Wikipedia last night, wasn't there a whole thing where they were going to do a Burger King commercial and your dad was vegan, so he wouldn't do shaggy for a couple of years? Am I making that up? No, there, there was a time where they got a new director in and the director wanted him to like eat meat, then this and that. And my dad's a vegan, you know, he's yeah. a vegan, so he's not going to do that. And it wasn't, I don't think it was a couple of years, okay. um, but uh, a couple episodes, something, I don't know how many, it was a little okay. while. Okay. And they got rid of the director and brought my dad back. And it's like, you know, his, he could do his veggie burgers and his veggie, you know, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Did you grow up watching Scooby-Doo? I did. Was I did. Was it weird? Like to have your dad, like as a kid, did you, did you get it? That like your dad was the voice? You know, it was, he wasn't real. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> it's confusing. I, I just, it was so normal. Already, yeah. you know, you grow up and that's, oh, you know, it's dad doing Shaggy. Oh, that's dad on the Transformers. Oh, that's dad on Josie and the Pussycats or Battle of the Planets or, you know, it was just kind of normal. And I went to school in Beverly Hills. So everybody had famous or rich <laughs> right. or something parents. So it was normal. You were just one in the crowd. Yeah. But your dad, I mean, again, just to, everyone probably knows this, but he basically created Top 40. He is the voice. He was the voice of Top 40. I mean, his voice is iconic. It's probably the most iconic voice ever. He was at one time the most recognized voice in the entire world. That's so amazing. 500 stations. And this is, you know, in the 70s and 80s when, you know, there wasn't, now it's everywhere. There's radio, there's, I mean, every kind of medium, but he was recognized in so many different countries. I lived in Singapore for a year and people knew my dad. Wow. The Philippines knew my dad. Wow. Um, Everywhere I go, 
it's really weird. People know the American top 40. Speaking of Singapore, isn't your brother like the Casey Kasem of Singapore? Yes. Well, the Ryan Seacrest, because the Ryan he, Seacrest. yeah, he, we lived out there in the nineties. He was, um, part of MTV. He started, uh, Southeast Asia MTV out there. Really? And then I came a couple years later. I spent a year doing that. It was so much fun. Wow. Yes. And then he spent four years there, came back to the States. And then about six years ago, they offered him a really great job. And so he moved back and he does his morning show out there. He was hosting, um, Singapore Idol. He had his Fox golf show. Cause he's a major golfer. And he does movies and he has two TV shows now. So he's really like, and he, oh, and he hosts the biggest events in Singapore. So he oh is the God. Ryan Seacrest of Singapore. Yeah. So it would be the Casey Kasem. Yeah. All right. And what's his name? Mike Kasem. In Mike fact, Kasem. he's getting married June 21st to a Singaporean. Out I here. was going to ask if it was yeah. someone. Oh, so he's getting married here. Yeah. He's getting married here. Oh, wow. Here, yeah. Are they going to do something in Singapore too with her family? I'm sure like a, a party or whatever, but Singapore is so expensive. It's unbelievably Crazy. expensive, yeah. right? So what they could throw here for what they, right. uh, it's just unbelievable. Right, including so, the flights and everything. It's probably yeah. going to be way cheaper. And then having all of us fly out there. And so. And you the, have a sister too, Judy. Julie. 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 Yeah, <laughs> close. <laughs> yeah, Julie, Judy, Julie. Good. I like the name Julie better. Yeah. Um, so, and she's your older sister. No, she's three years younger than oh, I am. Oh, I thought yeah. for some reason. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'll tell you why. Because I'm the one that uses the Botox and the filler and the lasers and does so everything. You so young. I'm telling you I have a good doctor. Okay. I, I do. Off mic. We'll talk. Well, yeah, we yeah. got it. Because I tell everybody. I, you look like you're 30. Thank you. I'll be 47 next month. That's, that's mind-blowing to me. Oh, thank you. I'm staring at your face just like, how is this possible and how can I get this phone number immediately? I'll, I'll give it to you. And I, I started anti-aging at 27. And what's so weird is... Do you think so that's the key? Is, it, yeah, but now they have machines and lasers <laughs> and everything that are so amazing. But my dad was into this too. And not until I was really... got Later in life did I realize, you know, I, I would say... Um, you know, I said, dad, you just, you look better with age. You look better. Now. And then one time. And then time, he gave you his doctor. Yeah, he did. And one time he said, I remember somebody, Case, you look fantastic. And he goes, it's my facelift. And he just talked about it. You know, he just talked about it. And he wow. would, he would. And that's do, not a thing to be that open, especially as no, a guy. Yeah. No. And I never. That's awesome. He was my dad. I did not know he had right. a facelift. Oh, that was the first time you heard it. That was the it. first time I heard it, right? <laughs> it was the most natural because men. A lot of times when they get facelifts, it you can see it. It doesn't look right. It doesn't right. look natural. Like Tom Cruise. Very rare. I did he get one? I yes, don't. I think so. Or something's going on. Too much filler. Too much filler to okay. me. But okay. I don't think he's had a facelift because I'm so good at this. I'm you so can good really at look. I can really see it. And I know many men that I am friends with that have had bad ones. Some that have had good ones. Most of them are bad. It's very weird. So, um, yeah, when you look a little too puffy or too much, yeah. that's usually too much filler. Which is what Bradley Cooper did before the Oscars. Do you remember his face? No. Or the Golden Globes. The Golden Globes. No. Yeah, everyone was like, whoa, somebody got stuck in the chair too long. Yeah, <gasps> it was it was rough. Yeah, you, I'll show you a picture. Oh, you have to show yeah. me. No, it was it was disturbing. I'm surprised because there's so much good work now. Right? That you don't know. know. Yeah, when somebody looks super young, and super good. I, that's good work. I agree. So do you watch any of the housewives? No. Okay. So like I, the, I've seen pictures and I know yeah, some of them that's personally. That's so interesting but, yeah. that you say that. So the Beverly Hills housewives, I mean, like, right. We're a Mecca for plastic surgery. The best surgeons here. Some of them have had the worst. Some of them have had great work. Yeah. 
Kyle Richards. And some of them, like Brandy Glanville, have ruined their face yes. to the point where I'm like, who's your doctor that thinks this is a good idea? I know. And I, and I can't do it. I, it's you really have to be careful and you have to <laughs> you have to have a doctor who says no. Right. You know, you have right. to have a doctor this who doesn't says, look good. Yeah, it's not going to look right. It's not you're going to look too pulled. You're going to look too puffy. You're going to look, you know, not yourself. And there's there's you know, you have to have a doctor who puts his foot down and says, no, that's not good. My signature is your face. Like my, you know, my, and I'm not going to put that signature to, to this work and yeah. not going to do that. And I, and I have doctors like that. They're fantastic. They're honest. They're ethical. And when you see people in their offices, they don't look like these caricatures of human beings. Yeah. No, you look the same as you looked in the pictures that I saw oh, from 20 years you. ago. Seriously. Great work. Thank great doctor. You. Great work. Thank you. Thank okay. You. Moving on from the work. So you grew up here and then obviously with this famous dad and your parents got divorced when you were young. Yes. How old were you? Seven. Okay. So that's yeah. young. Yeah. But I remember it like it was yesterday. It's really weird. So what happened? So the day they told me that they were getting a divorce, I remember it exactly. We were outside in front of the house we grew up in and uh, they they said, you know, your mom and I are splitting up. We're getting a divorce. And I remember my sister and brother started to cry and they sat down on this brick outside the house and I was standing between them and they each had my, one had my brother, one had my sister and I wasn't crying. I just remember going good. Because they weren't getting along. They fought so much. Yeah. They fought so much. And I kept thinking, well, maybe it'll get better. That's really was, was going through my head at the time. And it didn't because unfortunately my father you know, married a woman who considered us the old family. And she made that very clear. We're the old family. Uh, we're not a part of her new one. And, and it was gradual and it got worse and worse and worse. And I remember, you know, asking my dad, like, why would you marry a woman? This is many years later. Yeah. Who hates your children. Yeah. And he said he always thought it would get better and that she was very insecure and very young and that she would grow to love us. And it didn't happen. That's devastating. Yeah. So, and especially knowing that as a kid to feel not wanted yeah. as a kid, it must be a horrible feeling. It was terrible. And my dad always felt it made us feel wanted. And he always took the time. And, and a lot of times, like a few years after they got married, it was just, it would just be my dad with us, not necessarily her. And we didn't, you know, probably were happy about it. Much happier. If, yeah. You know, it was on the weekends and she didn't want to spend time with us. She didn't like us. Uh, she wanted to be around us. And she made that very, very clear. And and what do you think? I mean, I know it's hard because your experience clouds everything in terms of like, you know, maybe being able to be like the armchair Objective. psychologist. But sure. like, what do you think the reason would be? Like if she loves him, shouldn't. Wouldn't well, I, that's the thing. When I have the last six years of my life have now dealt with a tremendous amount of people like this, um, people calling me, people writing me saying, I need help. This is what's happening. And it's cookie cutter. It's the same exact wow. pattern. So I do believe, um, you know, I, what I've read is it's very sociopathic behavior. There isn't a feeling, there is no empathy. They have no care. And do I believe she loved my dad? No. Uh-uh. Yeah. No. You said that in the 48 hours piece. Yeah. So there's a, a really interesting 48 hours piece I watched last night. Well, I'm going to drawing from cause that's, you know, sure. Um, and you said that you said you never thought that she loved your dad. No, I don't think people be with someone for 34 years and not love them because I do. There are books written by sociopaths that they know they're sociopaths, right? <sighs> they know that they have no empathy. They have no feeling, right? Um, they, they know this and they can play on people's feelings, but that's who they are. Now I'm, this is just my opinion. This is my opinion of, of her and knowing what she's done to my father and knowing what will come out in court. 
people are, their jaws are going to drop and they're going to realize why we fought so hard for our dad. Things that cannot, I cannot talk about now, things that I won't even be sharing. It will be people that were in that house, people that knew my dad that didn't even know us. When you hear from these people, you won't, you won't believe it. So this is stuff you're talking about that's predating him being sick and everything. Yes, this is stuff that from- and when he got sick, how right. horrific and that house of horrors wow. and what she did and the fact that she had a boyfriend for two years before he died. So there's- Did he know? Yeah. Wow. Did yeah. you guys know until now? Are you suspected? Uh, we knew that um, when we started going through this, uh, we we have people who, you know, I can't say too much because it's coming out. Yeah, court. yeah. No, so, I understand. But yes, there's definitely we did before he uh, died about the year before we found out about him. I can't say I'm surprised. Yeah. So yeah. based on everything that, you know, I've now seen and heard. Um, so, OK, so he they get married. Um, you guys live with your mom, see him on the weekends, yep. like kind of traditional divorce arrangement. Does your mom get remarried? She did. She got remarried to a wonderful man um, who actually uh, Robert Naylor who actually helped me with the bill when I was trying to see my dad. So for people that, that, you know, don't really know, yeah, I'll, I'll just give, give you a little bit of background, down, right? Exactly. Is that when in 2007, my dad got diagnosed with Parkinson's and we said, dad, if you don't give us a power of attorney over medical care, just health, not money, not a state, nothing, right. nothing like that, just health, you know, we'll never see you again. And we knew this because she kept her own dying mother from her siblings. Oh, wow. Yeah, this was a heads up. This wow. wasn't like, okay. and we knew that she, you know, she, there were times she never wanted us in the house. So she would scream and yell at my dad if we stepped foot in the house. I mean, so wow. it, it was getting, you know, it was to the point where we didn't go over there. He came to our houses and cause we knew he'd be battered. And, and he said to you at one point, don't go up against her. Yeah. He said, he said, he goes, don't go up. He's got his exact, I want to say it verbatim. Yeah. Like, don't go up against her. You don't know what she's capable of. Yeah. That, like, that like chilled my spine. Fear, yeah. In fear. And, and uh, just, he was terrified of her. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So, 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 you, so you guys like met at a UPS store, right? Well, he, we said he didn't want to go to a lawyer that she might get back to. He was right. so afraid. Oh so we picked God. somebody like a kid basically behind the counter that could notarize it. Wouldn't know my dad. That's what he wanted. Not us. Yeah. We wanted to go to lawyers. Yep. We wanted to do this, you know, and, and it was, he didn't want to go to a law firm. And so, so, so you guys did it. You got the power of attorney, we got the power of attorney and we filmed it. Right. And, uh, Cause we knew that she would say we yep. falsified it because yep. she does that. We knew that she would just come out and, you know, call us liars. And, and she did, she, and I'm not going to forward all the, the BS that she said about us, but it was lie after lie after lie yeah. that we countered and continued to counter and prove that she was just lying. And the court saw that. And we, we pulled out, you know, when, when I, when we were told we're not going to see my dad again, when the gate shut, when his phone was turned off and his staff fired. Um, what year was that for context? This was in when she said, you're not going to see him anymore was 2013. And was that already when he had been diagnosed with um, Louis body disease? Is yeah, but we called? weren't allowed any of, we didn't know anything because we weren't allowed to go to the, the, you know, oh um, appointments anymore. My sister wasn't allowed to talk to him. My, my sister's a physician's assistant in palliative care. She did end of life care. That's what she did. Her husband runs the, um, uh, the, uh, heart unit. Of, it's a, it's a type, it's congenital heart disease unit at, or, uh, it's a God, 
I'm thinking of something. It's called something. And anyway, he's at UCLA. Both he's in medical, a big doctor. In the medical yeah. Field, and he's yeah. a huge doctor yeah. over there and extremely intelligent and loved my father. And my father wouldn't take a, a pill without running it past my sister or her husband. And everything got cut off. We mm. weren't allowed to know anything. So we found out about the Lewy body dementia later, you know, when we were fighting for him. Which is just a horrible disease. I know someone whose father had yeah, it. And you're just like trapped inside your own body. Yeah. And it's not like Alzheimer's. He right. didn't forget us. He knew exactly, he knew exactly what, who yeah. we were and what was going on. So right. it, was, it was more delusional kind of things, right? And the inability to talk. It was very hard for him to talk. So it was very frustrating. But yeah, so when, when we were told we're not going to see him again, and my sister, the only person Gene Kasem would ever talk to, she would never talk to me or my brother or, you know, it was just my sister once in a while she would actually write her back and my sister kept writing and writing and writing and then she finally went over to the house and knocked on the door and then the the housekeeper was going to let her in to see dad and that was jean's like you're never going to see your dad again Jesus. and uh so she called me absolutely bawling she was just crying i'll never forget this she was just crying i was on an airplane about to take off and i called the police and I called, actually, I called Adult Protective Services first. And they said that they would go and check. And I said, listen, there's a gate. She's not going to let you in. She's also going to tell you that we're coming back for the money where we've been estranged. She's going to give you all these lies. I said, we can prove that we were just with him a couple, you know, uh, two months ago. We haven't seen him for eight weeks. This has never happened. Uh, we can show you that. We can show you that, you know, we're all, we all have our own money. And we've, I mean, I've been working at that point on air for I think it's 17 years. It's 22 years now that I've been on talk radio. I make a good living. I bought my own house. Nobody's helping me. I've, you know, I said, I, I, I'm well off myself. I'm not rich like my dad. Yeah. And you weren't asking to change wills or do anything no, like I, that. And I said, we just want to see him. Yeah. But they couldn't help because he was in a residential home and the police couldn't help because he was in a residential home. So we went to court. So meaning that they couldn't even go in. Uh, they, can they just tell stopped you, you APS can... from going in. They, the police wow. had to do welfare checks, so they did see him. But by that time, she had a two days heads up. So right, she and can we make know everything... what happened, and this is going to come out in court. So wow. we know what happened and what went on in that house when the police got there and what she did and all the lies she told. So that will come out in court as well. Um, but what what's interesting is we got to court and we have this tape, and we have you know the power of attorney, and. Once you turn 18 in this country, you have no rights to see your mom or dad. Nobody knows that. You have no rights, zero. If they're in a residential home or in assisted living and there's an uncooperative caretaker, you're not getting in to see mom or dad. They can literally stop you legally. They can isolate legally. So once you isolate somebody, which my dad was, none of his friends and family could see him. It wasn't just us kids. It was everyone, including his brother. His own brother couldn't get a call in, couldn't see him. You know, his aunts, his uncles, the people he created American Top 40 with. And that's why we protested. You know, we said we stood outside the house. Most of his friends are dead. You know, that went there. There's a lot of friends that were there that are dead now, but they were all in their eighties. Wow. And we were sitting down and we just held signs like, why? There were no defamation, no nothing. It was like, you know, we'll be your voice now. I miss my brother, dad. I love you. Why can't I see my dad? They was just those. And, and yeah. the entire protest is on YouTube. We put it yeah. up. Yeah, we put it up because I, we knew that she would say things, which right. she did. She said, we, we, <laughs> we destroyed her. We went, we destroyed her lawn. We climbed the gates. I mean, it was, it was, it was all the lies that we knew she would say. So that's why we filmed it. That and, must have been such 
a horrible feeling to feel helpless like that. It was horrible. Like I can't even, I mean, I'm getting choked up just thinking about if it was my own dad. Yeah. I mean, he has no say. He has no say and he did want to see us. And when we got to court, uh, they sent a court appointed doctor and a court appointed attorney. And he told them emphatically he wants to see us. Not only that, that he wanted my sister and her husband helping to make medical decisions and us, all of us to be in on this. And so then what happened after that? Uh, Judge Leslie Green looked at the court and all of us and said, you're all sophisticated lawyers here. Go out in the hallway and figure it out. She had no jurisdiction. She had no ability to rule on just visitation without going through an entire trial fight over power of attorney or guardianship, which will cost in Los Angeles hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's insane. It's insane, right? So um, they came up with some agreement to see my dad once or twice a month with an armed guard in the room. Uh, You couldn't bring a a computer in. You couldn't bring a camera. You couldn't bring your phone in. Like he was an inmate. Like, and you couldn't continue to fight for him. So behind my back, my brother and sister signed that deal. And I got very angry. I was, I didn't speak to them for a few months. And I was like, you just signed dad's death warrant. And as I've done this now, and I now understand, they just want to see dad. Right. Anything right? to get them in. Anything. And she, they wanted to see dad. I get it. You know, I can't blame them. There is always one fighter in the family. And then there's people who support yeah. and they support me completely, but they right. wanted their right. way just was what's the quickest way to see dad. Yes. Do you, but, don't but, you, they, yeah. but they didn't. And I kept saying, why would somebody who's never told us the truth right. let us like keep a contract that's not even right. um, done by the courts? And I always wonder, and I'm sure you've thought about this too, like the lawyers, her lawyers, like who are they? Because is she that good that she's convinced them that you guys are evil or they just want their pay? Well, what's interesting is this man um, who was her attorney who went to, uh, got in front of the, the TV cameras and lied about the protest, lied about us. Even though the protest is up on YouTube, he's saying the defamation this woman has gone through, the this, the this. And I'm staring at him going, wow, you can't even do your homework. You're one of the best quote unquote attorneys in Los Angeles. You can't even look at, you just want to lie about his children. I walked right up to him and I said, if you were sick, wouldn't you want to see your kids? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, who are you? That's what he said to me. Oh my God. He didn't even know who I was. He didn't even know you. That's insane. Yeah. I even felt like Peter Van Zandt, the reporter from 48 Hours, was extremely sympathetic to uh, Jean. I think it was the only way to get her on. I was thinking, and then he was just playing her on. Yeah. So I think they were playing it up a bit. Yeah. um, Because the things that they said to us off camera. Okay. Were. Good. Yeah. That makes because I was yeah. thinking like, is he really falling for this? No, they they told us and they were like talking about her and we're like, okay. But then when we saw the show, it's like, yeah, any of that stuff that you said and what you said about didn't come off. But I don't think she would have done right the it show. Was, right, and I agree. Yeah. I mean, it was almost like she kind of built her own great. I mean, sorry she for does. the pun, but. It just looks so fake. I mean, she looks like she's doing an acting audition from like 1973. She called them and wanted to get her story out. Okay. We weren't going to do it. Right. And then when they said, yeah, they said, she's going to do it and we're going to move forward with the story. I said, guys, to my lawyers, I'm doing it. So we can all figure this out, but we're, we're, she's not going on air without us having some kind of rebuttal. Yeah. And the way that they edited, I thought was really good. Cause she'd say something and then like literally smash cut to you going like, she's insane. And she's a liar. <laughs> I was like, yes. So, but they also put her in white with yeah. the bright <laughs> and they put us with dark backgrounds. I mean, it was, kind of, it was not, a, it was not okay. The way they shot us and the way they shot her, but you know, um, 
It was sensationalized. It was one of the worst 48 hours I've ever seen. It was pretty, it was, it was pretty I bad, mean, I got yeah. that from a lot of people. Like, why did they have Peter <laughs> Van Sant in a car with this fake CGI background driving a car? It's from, it's like my dad was really popular in the 70s right. and 80s and not 90s, the 40s. not in the 40s and 50s. <laughs> and, and just the way he talked about us, I thought was pretty rude and nasty um, to the press, both sides. I didn't think, I thought that was just for ratings. But, uh, you know, I, I, uh, that's, it's what, that's what it is. I wouldn't, you know, it's right. what it is, but it backfired on her because the mail and the, the talk shows and the TV shows afterward, what they said about her was, you know, what we thought, you know, what Good. we think of her. So it was, I got, I got hundreds of letters, Wow, hundreds of emails and, and, and wow. social media, like she's insane. Yeah. I mean, somebody needs to take, you know, get her and, you know, a doctor and like the, the comments were, I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. How come your brother didn't talk? He's in Singapore. So it was, and it was and they did, they were supposed thing. to, I said, look, okay. we want to do this, but we want all three of us. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, do please. They, he has, he's, he's got cameras there. You can right. do an interview. Right. They promised they would and they didn't. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you guys were very convincing, but it yeah. would have been nice to have all three. That's what we said. We said, we yeah. want all three of us. Yeah. We don't want this to be the fight front. between exactly. yeah, my sister and uh, myself and Jean. It's not how it is. We, right. It's the whole it's family. It's the whole family, yeah, including brother, my dad's brother yeah. and our aunts and our uncles and right. everyone. Right. There's, it's not a family divided. Y you know, it says a lot when we have every single one of my dad's friends and family members that are willing to testify yes. for us and willing to, and, and supporting us and flying out here for the trial. And all she has is Liberty, her, their daughter together, mm -hmm. right? That's it. So what was your relationship with Liberty growing up? How much younger is she than you? Um, she's, let's see, she's, I think 29. I'm 47. She's and 29. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we had a decent relationship up until she was like 10 or 11. And I mean, I have tons of photos of us, you know, at Christmases or at birthday parties. And, um, I mean, there were, we hung out with her my sister hung out with her and, and then my sister got married and, uh, Jean wouldn't allow uh, Liberty to come to the wedding and be one of the flower girls and said some really, really horrible things to her daughter that we had that we had not said about her just to get her to feel horrible about us and not go to the wedding. And Oh my God. And so that was it. We never, after that, we weren't really allowed to talk to her. And before that too, it was- Did your dad that, try to smooth that over? He always time? tried. Yeah. He, uh, he always tried. Oh always. Yeah. Wow. Always tried to fix it. And there was a point where we were in our car, like we were driving with my dad and Jean had just finished screaming at him on uh, one of the phones, like one of our cell phones, because my dad didn't have one. So it was, or his car phone. And I remember she was just screaming at him and he puts the phone down and we're like, dad, when's enough enough? Like, when is enough enough? And he said, this is like 20, 30, 20, maybe 20 years later, 25 years later, after saying this all the time, he goes, it's gonna get better. And there was a silent, silence and a pause and then all of us started laughing it's like this is it's not oh, it's God, not the poor man yeah it's not and I know that he never ever wanted to leave Liberty like yeah. when my mom divorced him my mom is the one who asked for the divorce okay uh it killed him not being with his kids it was said it was the worst thing ever happened to him yeah you could just tell how you guys felt so close to him he was yeah. such a good dad He's, he was my hero. He's, he's yeah. the reason why I am who I am today, why I have integrity and work ethic and, yeah. and why I fought so hard for him is because he and raised fighting. us. Yeah. yeah, still. Yeah, and fighting for everybody else is going through yeah. this. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. So I just want to finish the, the story. So then it, it was really bizarre. I mean, more bizarre than it already is because 
she kind of had him in and out of uh, assisted living and nursing homes. She would hide him around the city in right. different hospitals. Hide and- him meaning from you guys? From yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then so, like you had a PI though, tracking. Yeah. We, I mean, we had a, when, well, so we did have a PI and, you know, he did give us some information about where he was. And when we did find him, it was because somebody had called TMZ and TMZ didn't put this out, just called us personally, said, here's where your dad is. Wow. Cause they knew we had one in court visitation. They knew. So, uh, I was on air doing my law show on KBC and I had a woman named Martha Patterson. She's a lawyer, elderlawmom.com. And she, after we finished interviewing her, she goes, you know, you can go see your dad. And I thought this woman has no idea. She has not been following the case. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She goes, no, uh, your dad's at Berkeley East, right? I said, yeah, he's, he's this, you know, this really beautiful place. It was, you know, a good facility. She goes, well, there's the, Patient's Bill of Rights. I said, well, what's that? And he goes, well, it's only good for nursing homes and hospitals. And if your dad wants to see you, or if anybody wants to see you, despite them having a caregiver, uh, a wife, a husband, um, you know, any any kind of guardianship, conservatorship, if they say they want to see somebody, the hospital or the nursing home has to let them in. It's their right. It's a human right. It's a civil right. You have these rights. And you didn't know that before. Like what? Yeah, I have no idea. Right. Why hadn't anybody told me this? Right. Because he was mostly in a residential home. Right? Where you couldn't do anything. Where I couldn't do anything. Yeah. So. So did you march right march over? March right in the next yeah. day. She had the law and she goes, and do you know how I know that your dad wants to see you? She goes, I was sitting in court when Judge Leslie Green says, Casey Kasem wants to see his kids. Wow. I was there. Wow. And there's court transcripts of it. They have to let you in or we will sue them. That's what she said. She's like an so, angel from heaven. It was amazing. It was amazing. So the next day we walked in and they was were she very there? kind. Was Jean no, there? No, she, she never okay. visited. Wow. Never. That's crazy. They didn't even know what she looked like when she came to get him at 2.30 in the morning. They made her pull out the license because they had no idea who she was. She'd never visited my dad. We go there and it's it's a really nice facility. The people were very kind. They said they would love him to have visitors because he hadn't. Uh, and three months, and I think a housekeeper was visiting him. Tried, oh my got in to God. visit him. No pictures on the walls, nothing. Oh. And there's my poor dad. When we walk in, his my I called my sister. I said, get down here. We're going to see dad. And it had been four months. And four months before that, before we had gotten to see him during the court um, case the first time, we got a few visits. And before that was four months. So it had been like eight months since we'd really got to be with my dad. And so not 20 minutes because we had 20 minute visits. Yeah. So we got in, he sat right up, he opened his mouth, he smiled. He, the two, two nurses that were taking care of him said they'd never seen him so animated. There was the man, um, the man who owned the place was there. The woman who ran it was there. My boyfriend at the time, my sister and Martha Patterson. And we sat with him for three hours and he said he loved us. And oh he ta- we talked, we put my, pulled my brother up on Skype from Singapore. We talked Aww. to his brother, his friends. We had this wonderful visit, this wonderful visit. And then at 2.30 that morning, my stepmother comes in. That uh, was the morning? Because uh-huh, we got to visit with him. How dare us getting to wow. visit with my dad, right? Oh my God. She unhooks his feeding tube against medical advice, against the doctor saying you could kill him, literally. Yeah, that's all yeah. court record. I mean, yeah, that's it's all in court yeah. records. That they said you are going to kill him yeah. if you do this. Yeah, and a few weeks later, he was dead. So if you did this, if you took a baby oh out of an God. incubator, uh, right? And the doctor said, you're going to kill that child. 
Uh, but the mom said, no, I want to take my baby home, unplugged the incubator, unplugged him, took the IVs out, everything, took the baby home. And a few weeks later, the baby died. That woman would be brought up on uh, murder, child, charges. murder charges, yeah. uh, child abuse, everything else. They would throw the book at her, right? My dad dies a few weeks later because she took him out of his incubator, but nothing happens. Oh, he was old. He's going to die. He had a few more years left in him. He had, the doctor said at uh, least a couple years, right? Oh my God. So, and so she took him to Washington state. Mm. Like how did well, she, she took him to her house and hid him there, closed it down, moved the car. So we didn't know that she was there. But then we got a call from her family members stating that she's trying to get him on an Indian reservation so that we have no power over it at all. They called us to warn us. That's when we put it out in the news. That's when I went down and filed a missing persons report. Uh, oh and God. we stopped that. But she took him to Vegas uh, in an SUV, uh, sitting upright for seven hours with, I, I can't say too much that went on. Yeah, and she wasn't even in the SUV She wasn't him. even in the SUV. Insane. That's where his whole back opened up. He got a bladder infection. <gasps> oh my God. He was moaning. He was upset. He oh. was like very sick. And he's supposed to be on a gurney. He was supposed to be being fed and, and having water. There was none of that. Get him to a hotel and the two caretakers leave. They're like, we want nothing to do with this. Right, this is they crazy. Leave. Yeah, they leave. Uh, what does she do? She's like, okay, let's get him up to Washington. So she gets him on a plane to Washington. And that's when the um, ambulance driver called Adult Protective Services and there's something very wrong here. I'm taking him to a house. There's not a correct bed. There's no feeding. There's no doctor. There's nothing. There's something very wrong. This man needs to go to the hospital right away. APS was ordered to work with me when I won conservatorship over my dad. They called the courts. They called my lawyer and they said, we know where your dad is. And I flew right up there with my conservator that I had just won, my conservatorship over my dad's health. And they said, it's not valid here. So I had to go and fight in the courts again, all over again. And I won in, in the sense that I got to take my dad to the hospital. Okay. And right before that, so he, he ends up in this house with this random woman, like who says she had met him before, never met my dad in his yeah. life. And, and also said he was doing fine. He wasn't in pain. Oh uh, yeah. This I is mean, a guy who had a bed sore on his back to his yeah. bone as big as my hand and blood coming out of, you know, his, he's, do you think blood. she was just paid off? I don't know what happened there. I think they were duped. Um, I, I, I think it's, I, I think shame on this woman, her name's Shasta, shame on her for doing what she did and for keeping, uh, for listening to a woman she didn't know ex except for in the sixties in Guam. Oh, uh, so they actually did know each other? kids, but she didn't know them. They had never That's visited so each other. Strange. Oh, right. Guam. They she, didn't know my dad. Yeah. They knew nothing. Right. right? So they're just going to take this, this woman who happens to take a very sick man uh, and then just believe it instead of really listening to both sides of the story. Right. And so then there's this bizarre video. You probably can still see it online. Yeah, it's still there. Where she comes out and starts throwing meat at you. Right. She gets angry that the court's allowing me to take my dad to the hospital because he is so sick. Ugh. And she comes out screaming fake Bible verses and she throws a huge thing of frozen meat at me. Um, this is, you know, and I, I remember telling the guy who was with me, um, Get this, please get this because I want people to see this. Yeah. I mean, was it upsetting? Was it funny? I mean, not funny in a way. No, like she's just so over is, the top. I, I and want insane. people to see what right. I, we've been dealing with for right. so many years. This, right. like, this is not crazy. A, yeah. This is insane. Yeah. So you get him to the hospital in Washington state. Yeah. And then what happens? Um, well, we try and save his life. And I remember the first thing the doctor said to me was, it, you know, he pulls me aside and he said, you know, this, it doesn't look good. 
That's what he said. He goes, you guys could have a couple days or a couple of weeks, maybe a couple months left. That's oh what he said God. to me. First thing. And, um, and then he says, oh, it's okay for him to go home. I remember that. Like, like, to, I guess this isn't the, this is, he didn't say this to me, but I guess they said that the other side's like, well, he said he could go. I'm like, no, he didn't. No, 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 no. This man is sick. And so they, he did get admitted after that, but they're saying, oh, he said he was okay to go home. Like really in his state yeah. with his blood pressure going up and down with his, I mean, he was so ill, so uh. ill. And it was, it, she had a court order to be in the hospital. She could have been there. She could have been there with us. And she comes that night at 1030 with some doctor that I, you know, that she, I guess, duped. And then two guys from, uh, the hell's angels like uh, they're on harleys and they're trying to get my dad and she's screaming at the the attendant downstairs and she's calling people's names and calling people who are heavy like really horrible names and they they called the police on her and trespassed her said get out of here you know but she had if she would have just come and wanted to be with my dad and sit with my dad but she didn't she said on 48 hours that she saw him the night that he died and he told her, I love you. No, or, no, no. She, no, he, so he saw of, her for five minutes during, um, a court case and he was not able to speak. So that was a complete lie. The nurse, I even had a said, feeling yeah. that was a complete the nurse lie. was like, and then he grabbed her hand and yeah. they were looking at each other. It was, it, the nurse was in there saying none, none of this happened. Wow. None of it that she's saying. Yeah. And then it got even obviously your dad dies. I'm not like brushing over that. It's so horrible, all of it. And at that point, I guess you knew the end was imminent. Mm -hmm. It never prepares you. And obviously you have all this insane drama around it, which just makes it even 50 times worse. And then you can't even bury your own dad properly. Right. It's, it's even worse than that. Like my dad, which is interesting. uh, I really believe in that this was a sign that he gave us. He died on father's day that year. Right. And all the horrible things that were said about us. It's like, nope, dad waited. But he also died on World Elder Abuse Awareness Day that the UN had created. It's now like 12, 13 years ago. There's nothing, I, you can't give a sign to keep going. Because yeah, really. I was, at this point, if I wasn't going to win in court, I was up at, you know, in the Capitol, Sacramento, trying to change the law so I could see my dad. And the law did eventually get get passed the next year. Incredible. Um, yeah, and there's videos up. If you go to caseandcares.org, mm-hmm. and hopefully you'll put that up there. There's yes, all the videos. Of it this shows is the foundation that you started. What I've been doing, yeah. And it shows all the people I'm helping and what we've been doing and all the laws that we've passed. And and I've just continued on that crusade. But it was such a sign for me to keep going that he, my father, June 15th is World Elder Abuse Awareness Day. From the, It was like, okay, that's a sign. I'm going to keep going. And I've helped. I've helped a lot of people and we've gotten the, the bill passed in 12 states. We have 13 laws. There's two, two laws that we created in, um, in Illinois, thanks to Sandy Baxies, who's wonderful. We always have somebody with, with their, their like feet on the ground in the state yeah. that really help and that come and testify. And so and, what was the law that you changed here? Um, it allows you to ask a judge just for visitation. Okay. Right. Um, instead of going through an entire fight over guardianship, but they've kind of chopped it up. It's not great. Um, it does give you some help, but it's not foolproof. I've had people write me saying two people wrote me, um, stating that without my law, they would have never seen my dad here in California. But I have, you know, I have letters saying that, um, because of your law, I threatened to use it and I can see my mom <laughs> because of your law. Like I, we have that from here oh, in wow. California. So just because there is a law, yeah. it helps. Yeah. It helps. Um, so she took, 
back to just sort of what happened afterwards. She took his body to like first wanted to bury him in Israel. She tried to get him into Israel, which is bizarre. Yeah. Um, because he's an Arab American and his parents <laughs> are from Lebanon and right. he's never been to Israel. And, and that's in, what was, what was her rationality? I, I think it's because it was like the farthest place away okay. and that we have, um, Lebanese passports like it was stamped you know in Lebanon and it's very hard to get into Israel when you have all these different you know uh Arab countries yeah oh my god so she thought she really thought ahead yeah yeah Yeah, she did not want us anywhere near and what's so sad is yeah what's so sad is is the fact that she really didn't know my dad my dad never believed we were bodies he believed we were you know spiritual and we're we're souls having a human experience and that you move on you don't you know did he want to be cremated yeah I know he was he, he, I don't think he cared to be honest with you because okay. it's just the body but he did yeah. say you know Forest Lawn would be great and you know his dear friend Mike Kerb uh said he would pay for that and pay for the funeral and he he went over everything with my dad and Mike Kerb wrote the letter to Norway stating hey this is what Casey wanted he wanted to be buried at Forest Lawn he wanted to be buried in California he didn't want this um right because she ended up taking his body to, to Norway. Norway which is yeah so, so she actually bizarre. took his body it went from Washington to she tried to get him into France they said no too oh then she took him to Montreal which was the the burial place was five miles away from her boyfriend's home in Canada and yeah so then we stopped that and then she wrote a, a letter stating she was Norwegian and that her grandmother was full Norwegian and that my dad always wanted to be buried there and and her and Liberty signed it. So I called the family. I said, you guys Norwegian? I've never heard this one before. <laughs> they said, we're absolutely not Norwegian. Well, I said, would you write a letter to that, that, you know, to state that fact? And they said, yes. So Gene Kasem's own family, Gene Thompson's family, the Thompsons actually wrote a letter stating this is not, we're not Norwegian. So it's just crazy. Is Anyways. there a hope that you could get him back still? Are you still trying? Oh, yeah, no, it's going to happen. It's, it's not gonna a hope. Happen. It's going to happen. That's yeah. part of the whole yeah, court yeah. case. It will, he will come back. Um, and you will his bury body, him at Forest Lawn. His body, because it's not him. And right, he, he always says, it's course. not me. I'm not, right. I, when I go to heaven or right. when I'm re- re- reincarnated or wherever I go, I, I don't take my body with me. Yeah. You know? So it, it's funny. She thought that taking him away was going to hurt us. And we have our dad with us every day. Yeah. Like he's here. Have you ever done, gone to a medium or and tried my to communicate with him? My sister did. Okay. Yeah, my did sister did. to her? Which is so weird. I kept saying, Julie, dad's in my house. Yeah. The, the lights were flickering. Yeah. I just felt him. I knew he was there. And people would come by and they're like, oh, that's not. I believe So that. funny. They, they, this one friend of my dad came over. I'm like, that's dad. And he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then we were in a meeting talking about my dad's life story. And I was with my dad's friend and there were four other people and we were in a room and there were two track lights. As we sat down and the minute I started talking, the entire track light above them went out and he looks at me, he goes, I believe you now. Cause they said, this never happens. And then it came back on, but he goes, I believe you now. I said, dad's with me. Dad is with me. And so my sister goes to this medium and the first thing the medium says is just so you know, your dad is with your sister now. That was the first thing. And I had been telling her he's in the house. He's in the house. Wow. So yeah, he's with me. He's with us. And, and did he give any insight about anything like in that reading? Yeah. But that's for my sister. And I was, okay. you know, like okay. that. Yeah, he did. He did. He but it, like to the point where it kind of freaked you out. No, cause we knew, you know, okay. he's, he, it's not, it's a, nothing really surprised us. It was, yeah. you know, we, he did say something like we did all we could. Um, and that, you know, he said, he said, he said some things, but they're personal too. Yeah. Yeah. My sister. So I understand. I'll keep it there. But, um, yeah, we, we, 
we as Kasem cares and yes. we'll go back to that. Yeah. So you um, started a foundation yep. um, to change the laws. So change other the laws people and help people create awareness, yeah. um, have conferences every single year. We have a hotline. So if people are going through this, they can call um, and get, you know, grief counseling and, and really uh, people who answer the phones are Julie Belshi. She really, she went through this. She understands it. So she, she runs the foundation. No, she runs the the hot, hotline. hotline. She's a um, guardianship reform expert and she's fantastic. And when you and I spoke on the phone, I mean, one of the things that I, I think I said to you or you said to me or both is that it's hard to get, I think we were talking about it from a TV perspective or a show perspective that it's so hard to get people to care about elder abuse, even though it's such a huge issue. And until you, I guess you go through it, you know, it's like, oh, old people, yeah. you know, and as a yeah. culture, I think, I mean, I'll say it's just sort of in a larger thing. I'm sure you agree. I think as a culture, as an American culture, we don't value elders the way that other cultures That's do. That's right. And I think that trickles down to just what you're seeing in the laws, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, there's certain religions and cultures that do have reverence for the, you know, their elders. And I think that's how it should be. But instead it's like a lot of times they're thrown away instead of realizing these people are a wealth of knowledge and wisdom and stories. And there's so much that you can learn, you know, they're just thrown away, over-medicated, stolen from, you know, you work your whole life, you work your whole life. You want to leave something to your kids, your grandkids, or, you know, your alma mater or you know, you, whatever it may be, your cats and dogs. And then you have somebody like a lawyer or a guardian, a for-profit guardian come in and take everything. And you don't, you don't work your whole life to give all your money to a stranger, to a lawyer, to a guardian who you don't know. And in the billions and billions of dollars that are built from the elderly is so sad. It's so sad. There's a movie that shows what I'm talking about. It's called The Guardians. I, I played it at my conference this year for district attorneys, police that work with elder abuse um, for, I mean, it was all uh, social workers. It was victims. It was people. And I played this it was about 350 people and there, there were, they were at the end, literally standing up and cheering. They came up to me. What can we do? What is this going on in my state? It's going on everywhere. Yeah. It's in Nevada in the movie, right? Yeah. This yeah. one's in Nevada, but it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. It's no, everywhere. I, I mean, it's, it's insane. And I'm going to watch, I watched the trailer last yeah. night. I didn't have time to watch it. I thought like, this is, I, I felt like I was watching something fake. Like it is. This, it's, you can't believe it happens yeah. and you can't believe that somebody that you don't know can come over, take your parents uh, or take charge of your parents because the law has now given them the right to be the guardian and stop you from seeing mom and dad. And then when you go and fight them, they use mom and dad's bank accounts. They'll sell the house. They'll open your trust up. They'll destroy everything your parents have made, put in will and estate. Uh, you know, everything they've ever wanted is gone. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And that's what you kept saying and, and continue to say. It's like, it's not about the money. And, and for her to skew it to make it about the money is so manipulative and but she's projecting it's always been about the money for her right Right, Right. right, we've worked our whole lives you know it's funny because she'll say you know these kids they want this and they come back in for the money i'm like show me a check first of all show me and i've kept my bank account open so i said you can you can i i i've moved all my bank accounts but i kept this one open that has that i have had for 26 27 years said show me a check dad wrote me show me show me all the money that he gave me show me one check 
you know, in my twenties, he helped me out. Thank right. you, dad. You That's know? what parents That's do. What they parents can. Do. Yeah. Thank you. You know, yeah. I, I'm yeah, very yeah. grateful, yeah. but I also have pride. Yeah. And I said, no, after, you know, I, in my thirties, I'm absolutely not. Wow. I can do this on my own. And yeah. I, I, I have a lot of pride and what I do. And I'm proud of all the work I've done and, and how hard I've worked and that I, that I have my own home and that, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's how our dad raised us. Yes. It's how our dad raised right. us. Right. Because he worked so hard. And so. But she yeah. has, you know, run her own, her company into, into the ground, this round crib company. Uh, you know, we know that she's, uh, you know, by 2010, she had, she had, uh, wasted, or no, 2007, she'd wasted $10 million of my mom, my dad's money trying to keep that afloat. We called it little miss money pit. <laughs> and, um, and then his, you know, Liberty Kasem has never worked a day in her life. Who's living off my father? Not us. We all have jobs. We all... All I want to say is show me the money. Show, where's the evidence of all this money that you say that you, you gave us? There isn't any because they didn't. And they sold the house. She sold the house, right? No, no, oh, no. She okay. destroyed the house. She, um, oh, but it's, does she still live there? No. When I, when I won, um, conservatorship over my dad yeah, and she then, you know, did the whole, like taking my dad's body to different countries and then buried him in an unmarked grave in Norway where my dad, nobody knows him and there's no family there. She then ran away. She ran away and we couldn't find her for years. We, oh we won a bunch of different little lawsuits against her and certain things. And she comes back and she wants to overturn them all. And, you know, she comes back at the last minute before she loses everything. And she, well, I won administrator of the estate, but that's not the house. The house is in a trust. I know it sounds so weird. So people think that I'm now in charge of the house, which right, I've never been think. in charge of the house. It's wow. just his things and his belongings and what the estate, it's very confusing. So she used that because the estate sounds like the house to say that I took it from her. And like, I have no, oh the banks have the house. I have nothing right. to do with it. The fiduciary has the house. But I have all nothing of to his do with memorabilia. It. She took out, she hid, she had turned wow. off all the lights. She had ripped everything out of the house that she could, including all the light fixtures. And she turned off the the water, so every all the all the uh, the 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 lawn and the the I mean, there's a huge oh, amount of trees sad. and flowers all dying. She uh, and she turned the electricity off, so when they came in and they moved the house, everything she hid everything in the house. They had used candles, so all the walls are burned. Oh my it's, god! She destroyed the house. So I have this on film. So I got to get in. I got a court order and I got to film this. And she abandoned the house. She left the house. She's completely destroyed the house. They had, you know, a fiduciary came in and tried to save the lawn and whatever else she did. But, you know, it's... Where does she live? I don't know. She's been hiding. She's in hiding. Doesn't she have to show up for these court hearings? She does. And she uses the fact that she's afraid of us. That's what she said. Yet I have a restraining order on somebody she worked with um, uh, that they, they work together to prove that I wasn't Casey Kasem's daughter. So no, they, Oh no, they got, they got, uh, they tried to get me to an event and they were going to pull my hair out. They're going to hold me down, pull my hair out and prove out and, and take that to get DNA. And so they, <laughs> they tried to use a PI and they tried to use people that came and testified against her. So, so I, where did that even come from? This is what I'm dealing with. Wow. You know, most people don't even know that story. No, I don't talk about that's it. That's insane. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. I just can't, I mean, so, so we've yeah. now, every time she uses that excuse, I'm like, well, here's a restraining order. Here's yeah, the yeah, exactly. testimony. Here's what happened. Yeah. And it's, I hate you even have to defend yourself. Like that's yeah. the part. Cause I've always been like all about justice and you know, 
I'm a Libra too. I always look at two sides. There's just no two sides. Like it's just so wrong. The whole thing. It is. And that's why we want our day in court. And she has done everything to delay and stall justice every single step along the way. Every time we had a court date, we're supposed to be in court right now. I was going to say she's delayed everything. Right. Well, when you don't have a case, you delay. (sighs) Exactly. So it could go on for years. 17 sets of lawyers. Well, when you can keep, right. She can keep paying. As long as she can keep paying the lawyers, they're going to keep delaying because they keep getting paid. And they keep turning over. And her last lawyer, uh, Trevor Large, actually, very publicly um, said some horrible things that that I will no, basically no longer defend this woman. I can't work with her. Wow. She's on the border of being unethical. She has asked me to do border. things I won't do. Yeah, but it's public. <laughs> it's all in court records. Right. Look him up. Right. Trevor Large, he dumped her. So he didn't want to so work she can't her. even get proper representation. Well, she gets new ones and right. then they, they, you know. Wow. She, yeah. All right, let's spend the last few minutes. So, so going back to you supporting yourself and you had, have had, you followed in your dad's footsteps to an extent. You went into radio and broadcasting. Yes. So give us just the quick overview of your career and, and now some of the cool stuff that you're doing outside of the elder abuse sure, work, sure. just in sort of like the fun part of yeah, things. Yeah, the fun good We'll stuff. lighten it up yeah. at the end here. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I've had a, you know, a long history of working and I've been on MTV and the E! Channel and Spike and I worked for the UFC for five years and I've always been on talk radio. So that's been my base. Um, Did you always know growing up as Casey Kasem's kid that was kind of in the cards for no, you? No, I wanted to sing and be on Broadway. Oh, that's, really? I, yeah, I wanted to be an actress and I wanted to sing. And and uh, and then my dad one time said, why don't you try radio? Why don't you try voiceovers? So I'm like, dad, people can't see you. What, I, <laughs> what about, that's what I said to him. Right, right. right. That doesn't work. <laughs> that's so funny. And then, you know, it's exactly what I did and I love it. I love I love what I do. Um but yeah, I, I and know. you're an interviewer. I mean, that's a I lot do. of what you do is I you do, do a lot interviews, interviews, a lot of interviews and you, and you enjoy it. I do. I, I like talking to people, um, yeah. but I, I also am now, you know, back into producing and, and shows and I've been shooting a, a documentary for the last six years on this, on this elder started, abuse topic. Yeah. yeah. And, and my dad and what went on. And so I have all that footage and I'm now working with a production company on it, which I'm very happy about. And I have a couple other shows that are been picked up by production companies. So that's Great. fun. You know, yeah. I love that. I, I have and you're my, judging on a YouTube. Yeah. I have um, a YouTube show called who will rock you. You yeah. can watch all the 10 episodes. Really fun. I'm with D Snyder from twisted sister. He's a blast legend. Yeah. And it's all these new bands. So if you like, you know, rock music, yeah. battle of the bands, uh, watch it on YouTube. Who will rock you. That's really fun. Um, and then, uh, I mean, I have, I have my, my, my health company, uh, breakthrough naturally. I don't know what that so is. So it's an alternative to um, to medication. Basically, okay. I was diagnosed with ADD and all these other mental illnesses years and years ago. Very mm-hmm. like in my twenties, and the medical doctor, the psychiatrist, could have done one blood test. One. He's a medical doctor. He could have ordered blood tests. He never asked me. How do you eat? You know, how's your sleep? You know what? Um, have you been tested for vitamin deficiencies? Do you have allergies? None of that. Never asked me once about my health. In 20 minutes, he's like, oh, it sounds like you have ADD. Well, here's some methamphetamines. Oh, it sounds like you've got some depression. Well, here's some of this. Hmm. And um, and the the medication made me very, very ill and sick and very like worse. It was like, wait, I, I can't live like this. I'm off. I got off all the stuff and I'm like, I, I, it was horrible for me. It was, it was the opposite of what anything was supposed to do. It was what worked the opposite way. And so there's got to be something else. What's happening? And if he would have cared enough to take one blood test, he would have seen that I was severely anemic. 
severely anemic. So there wasn't enough oxygen going to my heart, my brain. I couldn't think, I couldn't focus. You know, I was, I, it was like trying to see through cement. It was very hard. Like I, I was, wow. I had these horrible vitamin deficiencies. I was vegan. I wasn't eating correctly. I didn't have enough protein. I wasn't taking supplements. So I had an underlying health issue, not a mental illness. And I find that there's a lot of misdiagnoses out there a lot. So I always say, try going the health route first, you know, especially with kids that I see being put on medication all the time as an easy fix instead of, okay, wait a second, you know, maybe we shouldn't give them, you know, all these carbohydrates in the morning because that's a bunch of sugar. Some kids' brains can handle it. Some kids' brains can't. Let's, are they, are, how's your kids sleeping? Do they have any food allergies? You know, there's when you find kids that have a lot of like what they call ADD, they're missing, you know, magnesium and certain vitamins that can help. And my company is uh, called Breakthrough Naturally, and it's an alternative to pharmaceutical medication. Is it herb, herbal supplements and it's that a, kind it's, of stuff? It, yeah, it's called micronutrient therapy. And it's okay. a man who's been doing this for 20 years I'm working with. And um, the, I have a hotline five days a week with counselors that have been doing this for many, many, many years. So it's just an alternative. So if you don't want to, you know, use the pharmaceutical meds, you want to try getting healthy first, great, try it. You know, there's no harm. Um, and when I say no harm, it's just, First and foremost, talk to your doctor because that's that's something that it is. And, you know, talk to your doctor first if there is something going on. Uh, very, very important that if you start a new program to do that. Do you do holistic stuff like acupuncture? And yeah, I do everything. And I, yes. Yeah. And, I, I, and I, I felt that, you know, how unfair to me to give me a diagnosis of this when it was a health issue. And so... I have like really done extensive research myself and doing all these different kinds of health products and, and exercises and, and uh, vitamins and finding what works for me. Cause mm-hmm. it, it's a search, yes. you know, it doesn't, it doesn't just not one thing works for everybody. Do you, so, are you still vegan? Um, I'm mostly vegan. I do add, I have eggs now for protein yeah. cause I got off the soy. I've been off sugar for 10 years. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. And like I was no sugar at none. all. Now uh, the sugar that I do eat is from fruit. Right. And that's Natural. here and there. Yeah. But once it took me a year to stop craving sugar, I yeah. was eating, I love sugar. Yeah. Right. I loved it and had an addiction to it yeah. and it was killing me. Do you eat bread? No, I do. I'm gluten-free. So gluten-free, gluten-free. um, sugar-free, soy-free. So what do you eat? Um, um, this is like my most veggies, fascinating conversation. Tons of veggies, <laughs> salads, um, middle, middle Eastern food. I can do, you know, I yeah. do, um, hummus and oh yeah, yeah, but Mexican food I can okay. do. And when I do pasta, I do gluten-free, right? It's just, I don't do a lot of it cause it's sugar. Yeah. Right. right. And I feel like I'm so tired after I had yes. a bowl of pasta. Oh my go gosh. Sleep. It's like, I've had, it's like, I went drinking right. <laughs> the next day. I'm like foggy and tired and yucky. And that's how kids feel at school. They can't think. And they're told, no, you're, you know, you're, you're not focusing. You're not, you know, no, I I hear everything you're saying. Yeah. And I, and I'm definitely interested. So check that out. Absolutely. Anything else you want to talk about or promote before we wrap? Oh man. You have a lot going on. Yeah. I love it. You're a hustler. (laughs) I love it. Well, this has been fascinating. Thank you so much. First of all, for being open and honest. I know we just met, so I really appreciate that. And I think that obviously you're going to help. I mean, you've already helped people so all over the country so much thank you when that's I mean I know that you didn't want obviously nobody wants what happened to you to happen but the larger purpose is so amazing that you've turned it into something so proactive thank you that's really beautiful and a gift to your father too so you know congrats thank you thank you (laughs) so much keep fighting 